Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey guys, just a quick message before you start listening to this podcast. Did you know that all of our Red Men Plus content also comes in podcast form? Not only do you get access to all the videos, you also get access to all of our podcasts too. They will download directly into your native app so you can get them on the go. So don't miss out on any more Red Men content. Sign up at redmenplus.com and like I say, get all of these amazing podcasts directly into your device. Right, I hope you enjoy this show. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men Podcast. We are here to chat all things Liverpool Football Club. I am Paul Machen, I'm joined by Saskia Jade and by Chris Pajak as well. Um, yeah, we're going to talk Merseyside Derby uh, uh, and all the horrible stuff that happened before it as well because I want to kind of want to get it off our chests. Uh, we're going to look at back to last week, we haven't really had a chance to discuss Art and Mello joining, um, all the Moises Casado meltdowns as well, and a little bit of head to Napoli and beyond. Uh, we're also going to be doing podcast extra this week with Saskia. Um, for those of you who already know uh, uh, a profession, um, <laughs> then we're going to have a good fun over on that show from Redmond Plus uh, later on as well. So make sure you tune in for that one. Right. Kickoff question uh, Which Liverpool player would you love to have to isolate with, and which one do you think would do your head in, Saskia? Okay, as much as I would love the whole team. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Milner. You would love to isolate with James Milner? Yeah. Would you care to elaborate on that point? Right. So, one, I think he'd keep me like fit. He'd be working out, like, God, like, go work out, right? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like it'd be good for me. Mm. But then he's also very funny. I find his humor very funny. Yeah. Um, and he gives like daddy vibes. Okay, so. I, I, the, the James Milner stuff. I, I think I'd not really considered him for that because you need someone to keep you on track. Because what everyone did in lockdown was just fucking eat and basically make a mess yeah. of their own lives. And James Milner seemed to get younger in that time. Mm-hmm. And I had the idea. Of, I, I, although I, would that do your head in after a while of him like being like, oh, I'm getting up and having a having another exercise. You're like James, mate. <laughs> It's four o'clock in the morning, go back to sleep. Fuck off. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're doing the lactate test again, boys. Oh, I'll be slipping vodka in his Ribena at night to keep him in bed in the morning. Like, there's absolutely no chance of getting up at 4 a.m. to do a workout with him. Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah. Not a chance. Um, and also, I'm not getting the daddy vibes because he's younger than me. By, by a few years as well, which is a little bit good. the beard thing, though. He's got... He's got he's, He's, he looks, looks he, more commanding these yeah. days, I think. Well, he definitely looks more commanding than me. I never debated that. I just said, I'm not getting the daddy vibes. <laughs> okay. There's a complete Anyone difference Anyone in the Liverpool squad, that. did you get the daddy vibes off? No, not really. Yeah, like, he's not, yeah, he's not really in the squad, though, is he? I mean, Robbo, the one for me, is the player that I'm I'm isolating with. Because oh, I thought he was going to say, gives you daddy vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> no, he's like half the age. Right? No, he's not. He's only like 15 years younger than me, give or take, Robbo. Yeah. Oh, I'm going with Robbo, definitely. Like, 
he just looks like he has fun, doesn't he? You see him in those videos with Trent Alexander-Arnold and stuff like that, and he's always keeping everyone on the toes and stuff. And, you know, it might get annoying him switching your toothpaste out with bleach at times, but, you know, you've got to live. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I reckon... Joel Matip. Okay. Interesting. Bit of physical comedy. I'm a big fan. I reckon he walks into things all the time. You know what like I mean? He bangs like, his head on all frames. I bet he bangs his head on all. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a big fan. It, it's it makes it's one of the reasons why I'm a terrible human being. And you've witnessed this first time. One of many. Years, plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. We've got all time for it. That's a podcast in and of itself. But like, like people hating themselves, love it. I'm here for it all day long. I mean, I, you are the you are the lad that, that points and laughs at his kids when they fall over. You fell over. Hey. Um, makes they bounce up again quicker. I am the lad who, 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 my cousin fell down a pothole playing footy and broke his ankle. I ran over and roared with laughter in his face. And he went, yes, Paul, it's very funny, but I think it's broken. Which, do you think that made me laugh more or less? More, more, much more. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think Joel Matter for the physical comedy value of it all. I imagine he probably keeps to himself a lot. I don't like to be bothered. I think he'll just get on with his own stuff. And every now and again, I'll just he'll just walk into a kitchen cabinet and I'll just be like, on the floor. I could live with that. Um, who would do your head in? I'm, this is hard, but I feel like I'd have to pick... Oh my gosh, I don't know. I'm concerned with the, the, with the more flamboyant members of our squad. Like, I think Costa Simicas would grate on me pretty quickly. Like he mm. looks like a fun lad, and I, you know, I, I imagine like because like Mo loves him, he loves a bit of like a character around him, doesn't he? As his busy mate, he had Dejan for a bit, but he doesn't have to spend all that time with him. I think after a while, it's like, mate, just fucking sit down and shut up, will yeah. Just fucking we're gonna watch the telly for a bit, Costas. Stop like cartwheeling. It just it's too much. Put the charity shield down, mate. We're not playing nights anymore. Yeah. Well, I think I'd say Nunez. You wouldn't. He would do your head in, right? I think he's just very a very passionate Are you person. That, like, I that, think we'd butt heads. I feel like we'd like be arguing, and it'd be great for like some things, but yeah, like, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. A little concerned. I'd go that. with Nunes as well. You know, really? Yeah, mainly from the fact that I've had a, a, a difficulties in France when I, I went to France on my summer holiday and stuff, and one of the wheels blew out on the car, so I don't really speak enough French to be able to sort that issue out in a garage. That I got really annoyed with Google Translate over just a small spell of time in four garages. The fact that he speaks absolutely no English yeah. and is walking around looking like that would piss me off enough. Yeah. But then I'd have to Put use Google Translate. Shirt on, Darwin. Yeah. Put a shirt on. And it's I, too much. I would know the Portuguese for that by yeah. the end of the day. <laughs> but like, I don't need to know that in my life. Pick your hair out of the bathroom sink. For God's sake. Like, I moved out with my wife for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it might he's such an attractive man though that like it might facilitate a major lifestyle change if I was putting that close proximity to him for that long so I have to be I have to be careful with that um, who's yours? You're just Darwin mm-hmm. and you you're both going you're both picking Darwin Nunes as the person you couldn't isolate with Bobby Firmino would you be fine with Bobby Firmino? you don't think his antics would get tiresome after a while? I like listening to the piano. Is she saying that? Yeah, he could like serenade you with the oh, I think the one song that he knows how to play. He can play the piano. I can sing. Match made in Perfect. Heaven. Yeah, there you go. Who's Sorry, you? James. 
Yeah. I reckon that's Milner in a, in a nutshell. That isn't it. Is that more more interested and supposedly talented players come along and everyone's like, it's like that the meme of like the look at the guy looking over the shoulder. James Milner's there. He's there for you every day. He's keeping you in shape. He's cooking your dinners. And you are like, oh look, Bobby Firmino can play the piano. <laughs> Fucking gone. Poor old Millie. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, let us know in the comments if you're live here on YouTube. Who would you like to isolate with? Um, I think it'll get we get an isolation question because eventually this. I mean, it's, it's already not really a thing anymore, is it? But I, I did. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll never have to talk about these things ever, ever again. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Hoshi is saying pray four times a day with Allison every day and play gospel music every waking hour. Is that? If you any spiritual with the Brazilian boys, wouldn't you? Allison mm. is another one to keep you on the straight and narrow. I think. You'd have to drink. What's that drink? Do you drink matcha? Matcha. Yeah, you'd have to drink a lot of that. I love matcha. Is it nice? Yeah, nice if like oat milk and that. Is it? Yeah. Is that that's the one they have in there? Like the funky glasses and the funky like metal cups and stuff. You don't have to have it in one, but yeah. But they're always carrying it round, aren't they? With like the sippy straw, like a baby. You know, like a fucking. Yeah. But Bobby's just got a curly straw. It's like, come on, man. Leave leave your tubby alone. It's fine. You're thirty years old. Yeah, uh, Josh McConnell here saying I think Robbo would be on my vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Ali can cook me a steak, says Kahid. Yeah, yeah, I think that's Mate. It is not ma- not Mate, apparently. Mate, yeah. I'd be up for that. I want to taste that. The, the, the Brazilians are mad for it. Genuinely mad for it. But like, it's even like Messi and Ronaldo started to drink it and everything. It went massive a few years ago, didn't it? It came over from the South Americans, I believe. Mm, there, there you, you go. go. So, I knew that, but I didn't know what it's called. Yeah, right. Uh, we're going to take a short break and we're going to be discussing uh, the Merseyside Derby and beyond. So make sure you stay tuned. If you've got any questions or whatever you want to get in for us, then please do feel free to do that. We'll be back very, very shortly. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. While I've got you here for a minute, let me tell you about Redmen Plus, our amazing subscription service dedicated to all things Liverpool. Over on Redmen Plus, you will get access to the best premium content, including more podcasts that you'll enjoy. You'll get access to exclusive merch discounts, and you'll even get access to our very own Discord server and Facebook group. There's so much more to offer. To find out more, head over to www.redmenplus.com and get your subscription. Nice one, and let's get back to the show. Right, let's talk about Shad Derby. Um, before we get into it, I want to talk about the murals being defaced uh, before. Obviously, Chris and I were walking up to the, the we were walking up to Hotel Anfield before the game and saw it. Um, it's all been cleaned up now. Mayor Walls actually went down and sorted out. So, big shout out to to, to Mark and the boys for, for sorting that, of course. But it, it's just another example, Chris. Like Ped coming, Ped's been quite vocal on this, which I think is good. As obviously a staunch Evertonian that he is. There's no defending it. It, it, it. What I, I don't like the idea that all Evertonians get tarnished with it, but it is another indication of there's just a little subculture in the city when it comes to the rivalry of what I, I presume are just kids being fucking horrible, horrible knobheads. Yeah, it's hard to, like, you know, you, you clearly never can understand anybody who does something that you just can't understand. You can't put yourself in their shoes because it's just never something that you would do. But, like... To the face, something that is for you know, for for our one older hay and for the Anfield Raps mural fan support and food banks, they they're there to give people a smile and to recognise something that's happened, of course, but they're actually for more than just the footy. You know, they're for a hospital that does amazing things for children in Liverpool and for an initiative that was set up jointly between Liverpool and Everton fans to help 
the hunger crisis going on in the city as well. So to be able to, you know, deface this artwork and specifically scroll over the fan support and food bank things it's baffling to me and i don't know to to what end what like what what have they won by yeah. doing that what well, have they won by we, doing that but we, you see this don't you just ask your wages it's kids clearly well look i i thought it was a bit funny about it and when i say funny take the meaning on this they tried to write stephen gerrard the baby as pancakes because there was the famous rumor of like gerrard like and his baby was, was apparently some liverpool gangsters and it was like those horrible rumors they clearly can't spell pancake. So they cross pancake, right? Panks and then cross it out. But it shows it's a bunch of idiot kids. Mm. But the problem with that is that when you're an idiot kid, it's the fact that that's gone all over social media and people have talked about it. That's their win. It's like you know, it's kids trying to leave their mark and and trying to get some sort of reaction or whatever. So they've 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 achieved whatever they were trying to do, and that's just being little dickheads. Yeah, I mean, you'd hope it's kids. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, yeah. like for starters, you yeah. really would hope it's kids, um, but yeah, you're right. Like that's kids get the win out of it, like going viral in it, and it's done its bits, it's done its rounds, and that they'll be well happy with it. No, no, and it's just so perfect. But the, but the problem with it, of course, is that it becomes a perpetual cycle, so it gets cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Whether it's those same kids again or people again or another group now who go, well, I know that I can do something and that'll get shared around again. It's just that it's just we're on a path to that happening again, and it'll yeah. probably be the next derby. It might happen before, but like, there's no Liverpool and Everton have come out and issued a statement like condemning it, but what they're not doing anything about it. It's like oh, we we don't agree with this. Well, they shouldn't agree with it, but there's no. I feel like that's a given to yeah. not agree with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. The, sta- the statement wasn't strong enough, to be honest no, with you. Like, so you know, I don't know what I don't know what I expect them to be able to do. Like, they have condemned it, of course, but you you want you want justice for it in some way, don't you? But you're never going to get that. Like when when we're living in the world where Olivia's killers are still at large, then no one is going to grass up somebody who scrolled on a on a wall essentially over yeah. a piece of art, are they? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a terrible time in the city right now, and you know, for me, I, I'm I'm looking at that, and they're not. That's not even. The the biggest problem I have with it all is the racism on the Salawan. Yes. Because, you know, you're using outdated terminology there and the fact that this sort of thing still exists and that you're putting that out there, like, and that you're... It's not just, for me, it's, like, it's not one person either. It doesn't feel like it was one person who did these. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a group of people who all think the same thing and that's even more concerning than just one person thinking like that. Like, Mm -hmm. that's... That's the worst of it all. It strikes me the way the almost the worst thing about it is that the the because I I hate the fact that the Ian St John one gets done because I, I saw this on Twitter. The guy who owns the house, which is where our Hendo one is, is a guy called Tom, brilliant fella, and he absolutely adored he built the Ian the wall. St John. He literally built that wall to have that put on. It's his it's his personal property. People think of them as like public things, which they are, but it's his house. He wants them on the side. You're defacing someone's house and moreover damaging something that you know both those players have, have passed as well, and particularly St John who went to, who obviously went to. See well, he, he like just to just to carry on with that quickly. Like the the side of the house was always the side of his house. He literally p- paid his own money to build a wall so that someone could do that on the yeah. side of that wall. But the Salah stuff, because the other stuff is like it's just it looks as kids go. Well, what else funny can we write on it? The Salah stuff feels like like they were walking away from it and they went, oh god, there's there's the Salah one. And someone went because it, it's literally one word written on it, and 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 it's like they've gone uh uh uh, and they've written that word, and that's the thing that get it's the casualness with that. It's like on the other ones, they've written every offensive thing you can, any any you know 
idiot brain can come up with on all the other ones. But the idea that they, you know, it's just like, it just feels so. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just fucking horrible, horrible, horrible shit. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about the game. Um, the um, that being said, I thought Joe Gomez actually was brilliant. I um, you know he's. He's one of those lads. He's had such a tough time with injuries, and that's true of so many of our players, unfortunately. But I am. Um, he's such a good guy. He's yeah. so good at footy as well. He's like he gets disrespected because Virgil's so good, and because Matip's been so good, and because mm. Canate's come in and he's the new shiny toy. But I, I just love the fact that Joe Gomez is back on the pitch performing for Liverpool. Oh yeah, fully. Like it's so good to see him back, like on the pitch, and it feels like how it should be in a way, like. Them at the back, do you know what I mean? Well, they were the centre hours when we won the league, weren't they? Yeah. For the most part. So to see those two together again, you're like, oh my god, this these two can still do it. Like, you know what I mean? And for me, Joe Gomez looks right now as good as he's ever looked for us. Yeah. You know, I know it's only yeah. a few games into the season and stuff, but the composure with which he's, you know passing out from the back but also the way he's using his body to get across defenders he's covering space really well he just seems like he's not missed that much football which is mad because he's missed loads of footy yeah no it's true and and I think that speaks to just how good there's a lot of criticism about how much squad depth Liverpool have got have they got enough quality players then there's a lad who starts the season's four choice centre half and he's coming in his performance that level it's actually one of the few there's, a, there's, a, there's probably two or three players this season there's Harvey Elliott there's him in particular who are, and probably Fabio Carvalho where I've been like I don't know just, it kind of gives you a little bit of joy inside to see someone yeah. actually getting their chance to shine again yeah definitely like it's so good to see him just like having that time to just be him and it feels like he just melts into the team do you know what I mean yeah well, and, that's, and that's exactly and it goes to prove it's not, it's not a new lad that we've brought in there's someone who understands Liverpool and how they play yeah. inside and out um, the game was about a bit obviously we've, we've we've both spoken about the issues getting into the grounds there's, there's plenty of stuff on that so I don't want to go too much on that again but the organisation was a bit of a, a bit of a shit show so we missed the first 10 minutes and it was hard to gauge sort of how the first half was going off the back of it Chris Um I, I've as the days have gone on after the game, I feel a bit more relaxed about it, and I don't know what your what your overall feeling. Does it being the derby make it harder to see it as anything other than being really shit? And no, because it's the same for every footy match. Like the the match is the tempo of the emotions, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so you get you get up to it, and the closer you get, the more nervous you get, the more nervous you get. You go through the game, and your heart beats all over the shop. And then as you get further away from the game, it all sorts of mellows down again. So now we're sort of three, four days away from it, and I'm like, oh, you know what? We created loads more chances. We hit the post. I can't remember how many times. Was it three or four? You know, we had clearly more of the ball than ever, and it was like eighty-one percent or something. So there's nothing there that you can get too mad about. Then you throw the context of Liverpool haven't been great there for years. You know, it's been draw after draw after draw. They set back with a game plan. We, for the most part, nullified that game plan. We should have won the game. It's hard to stay angry at those lads when ultimately they should have won the game and they did well enough to win the game. The best moment of the game, ultimately, aside from the multiple rounds to the bar, I have to say, Saskia, them having their goal disallowed was a moment of pure happiness. Oh, 100%. Like, because I, right, I can't lie. I was watching the game and I was getting so annoyed and I just ended up nodding off here and there. Oh my God, I wish my wife fucking fell asleep right? she was annoyed. I, it would save me so much I was, stress. I was getting angry at it and I like and I was so tired as well watching it. I just kept nodding off and I remember waking up and then they'd scored and I was like, 
like what the hell and then all of seeing it disallowed I was like okay there was just we were there because we were right I was ready to nod off again we were right by the Everton fans and there's just that it's one of the things I love about being in away ends but having a, a, a there's a physical divide they've got a netting up between us so you know no one's getting to each other there's been a couple of hairy ways where you're a bit too close but the fact that every now and again you could just look over them and look at them like the the, the frothing at the mouth, like getting losing the shit, and the fact that they all got that big celebration and we were all sat there going, the referee's going to give this and we're going to have to look and they're going to be celebrating again and we're going to have to get our heads down again, and the fact that we just got to give it the. Well, yeah. we were. That's the yeah. thing you're talking about it. Where we, we turned around to Rob and we were talking with Rob Gutman from the Anfield Rap and saying like the best part about this is they get to celebrate twice, they get to enjoy it again, like another you know fu and all that type of stuff. But then it was for me, it was like we'd already had earlier on in the game the woo and all that type oh, of that stuff. Oh, that song, by the way. They've, so they've got the. Is it? I don't even know what it is. But they've got. The, I heard it last year at the end of the season. Is it the song were, the spirit of the? Is it the spirit of the blues? Yeah, yeah. So they've got this song and basically it's got a woo in it and I look. I'm all for a woo. <laughs> a Ric Flair woo. A, a Ric Flair woo has got its place in society. Woo. It's got its time and place. Yeah, I want a, a, a cross-chest cross chop with it, but yeah. like, you can't do that in the match. But it's just... Because like, Evertonians are... They're the most easily embarrassed football fans. It's just quite t- twee, isn't it? The yeah. whole song. And quite a lot of their songs are quite sort of twee in that way. I just find it bizarre because Liverpool have got so many songs. Mm. So many songs. And these are literally... They're the same people as us they live next door they live down the street and they don't have that but they've got this song that they've dug out from the 80s and it's got a woo in it and fair play <laughs> own your woo lads <laughs> but I did there was a few moments where we were going woo like you know, the beans with it and I, I, which I thought was absolutely brilliant you just got 2,000 foot fans going woo <laughs> and then you look over and you can see a couple of them there's a couple of them going yeah, we've got a we've got a way with a song. We, we we deserve everything that's coming to us. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. We're, Have yeah. nobody else picked up on this? How well, we got I away s- with it for so, so I long? Saw the Leeds fans slaughtered them last week oh, for they? it. It went viral, like someone filming it from the Leeds end of like yeah, like skitting them for the woo. I mean, yuck. own own your woos, lads, by all means. But wow. Just, it's brilliant. Mm. It's brilliant. Like they, they honestly they do it to themselves. I just think it's fucking magic. Absolutely magic. Um. <laughs> I'm I'm convinced um, on another day we win that comfortably to be honest and I know and that's a bit there is a little bit of red tinted glasses that goes into that because they do have good chances Allison makes a hell of a save about two two brilliant the one, deflected one was good yeah the deflected mm-hmm. one where he's full stretch and he tips it over the bar is magnificent goalkeeping but um, Jordan Pickford makes the more and more pressing of the save of the saves throughout the, throughout the day the thing that gets me Saskia is. I was astounded to look at the league table and see we're only five points behind Manchester City. Yeah. Six points behind Arsenal. And it kind of goes to show, listen, Liverpool need to get their act together. Oh, 100%. They do. 100%. But we should be dead and buried by now. This, oh, yeah. you know, like it should be beyond comprehension that Liverpool could be anywhere near the top of the league. And that's the sort of thing that's given me a little bit of confidence in this or a little bit of calm. Yeah. Is... It's it's a it's a long season. Every, each and every game doesn't matter, provided Liverpool do pick up. But at the moment, it's not dead and buried. Yeah, I think like everyone's looking at it now as like a at the end goal, and they're going, "Well, we've screwed ourselves." Mm. We've but not. we've lived that life, for, haven't we? For Man City, Man City have been so good for so long. It's it's borderline depression to think about like that. Uh, you, know, you need to be perfect. Yeah. But- Don't get thinking about it. She'll nod off. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but like I genuinely think that. We've got, there's so much left of the season, 
we are only that this far behind them, like what five, six winch said. Yeah. So which is like, where's the faith in the team? Like exactly. this is where like, I'm just, I'm seeing all the comments online. I'm like, if you guys keep thinking like that, what do you think it's gonna do to them? Yeah. Like if that's all they're seeing and they're not seeing people like still supporting them, but there's some, but you're right, and, and it's tough because you don't. We never know where where the people where people are taking those attitudes, and people are definitely seeing players definitely see things online, of course. I know and this is the problem. I've seen a lot of this talk. This of like, I see I saw it encapsulated with the expression toxic positivity, which is the most hilarious concept I've ever heard in my entire life. Like the idea that you can be too too upbeat on stuff, but that's the the issue with it. I think Saskia's right there. The problem with faith is it requires you to give of yourself, give over to, to certain things. And I can appreciate it that this season the people haven't been great. But I don't know what at what point faith what point faith starts. You know what I mean? At what point where where does faith where 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 does faith and delusion cross over? Because for me I used to have I've had faith with with in terrible Liverpool teams. I think having faith in this Liverpool team is not a deluded attitude to have. No, look, you can take it to religion, you can take it to footy, it doesn't really make any difference to me, to be honest with you. Faith provides comfort to people, yeah. whether you agree or disagree with it, whether you whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God, it gives them comfort. If you know someone in your life that has a proper faith, then it supports them and it helps them to be the person that they are. You can take that to footy as well. It's annoying you know though, I mean? isn't it? Maybe that's the problem. When you well, see someone with cl- who's got it, clearly it, comforted by their faith, it's yeah, really... It is really annoying and it's really hard to deal with, so you may as well just go on Twitter and spout it. Because that's what these people are doing, you know what I mean? And like, you know, there's a difference between a fan and a supporter. And I'd, I'd say a supporter generally probably has more faith than a fan mm. because they're there just for that one thing to be able to give it every single week for their team, whether that's singing on the terraces, whether that's providing support with the people around you when you're watching the game from miles away. It doesn't really matter, but it's providing something to somebody. Maybe it's just yourself, maybe it's you and a few friends, who knows? But like, f- for me, I will always trust in this side and, and I'll trust in this side more than the side from five years ago and more than the side from 10 years ago who were clearly shit yeah. and proved me deluded. Yeah. And until this side proved me deluded, I'll continue to have but the faith. That's the problem, isn't it? As you see, this is the people that I think, I think people are scared to put, put publicly put their faith out there because of like this, like, ha ha, I told you so culture that's, a, yeah. that's around this. No one wants to be embarrassed. No one wants to be held up and it's easier to say everything's shit. Yeah, but do you know what? Embarrassment is only embarrassment if you allow it to be embarrassment. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, but it's true, isn't <laughs> it? But, that, but that's the thing is that we've got this culture where I think people have got to demonstrate their passions by being really big in their in their responses to stuff. Sometimes you kind of do need to get your head down and get on with it. But, mm. you know, we, we, we had we've been chatting about some stuff pretty going on but that that negativity it does seep in you know yeah. it's not the same as being in the stands and screaming in someone's face but you, you know you can change the mood the mood can seep into the players lives by mm. being so and there's, there's one thing between constructive criticism it's one thing to say maybe you should have played that ball on the outside maybe you should have pushed a bit harder for that particular yeah. tackle to just being just horrendously downbeat about the whole thing i think as long as they see what they're doing and see what, what's going wrong now then we carry on with all the faith that we've got. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. Look, if we get to January and it's still... Oh. No, but, we, but this, <laughs> we're, only, we're in the same year where Liverpool were 14 points behind Manchester City. That happened in this calendar year mm. and they went to a point... And, and some people would point to the fact that they didn't win the league, you know, and that's why well, they didn't win the league, so who gives a shit? I was like, well, yeah, but they clawed back a 
14 point deficit to make it interesting and as yeah. a fan all you can ever ask for is the people on the pitch to go out there and give it all that's maybe the only slight question on this Chris is that are we are we happy with the, with the, that the players on the pitch are Look, given everything I, at the minute I think I don't know to be honest because I think there's something wrong um, at the moment and I think for me it's as simple as the front six players aren't as well gelled as the front six players that we had last season. Yeah. You know, and that's mm-hmm. going to take time to fix. You know, you, you've sat here, I don't know how many times over the last few months, and I've said, we're not as good a side as the end of last season. You know, we might be in three or four months' time, but a lot of people think because you've signed an £80 million player, or there or thereabouts, that you're instantly a better side. Now, if you go in there with that opinion that I've we've signed an £80 million player, we must be better because Sadio Mane annoyed me for two years, then you're going to be disappointed at the start of the season when it takes time to yeah. gel together. You know, we're clearly trying something different with Mo Salah in his position and being really, really wide. We saw it at stages last season. You know, we're still trying to work out how Diaz and Salah and Nunes are all going to play together. We're still changing the dynamic of the midfield with probably a more advanced midfielder in Harvey Elliott. These things all take time. I think, you know, we saw last season Trent Alexander-Arnold playing a little bit more inside. Well, we're seeing that with Robbo now because he's playing with Diaz more than he was when he was playing with Sadio Mane, who would cut inside and Robbo would go around the outside. So these are all things that affect the team, not to mention that you're now playing your fourth-choice centre-half as well. You know, you've got 10 injuries at the start of the season, give or take. You know, these are all things that matter to a football side, and and they're fucking knackered from playing 63 games last season. You know, there's all this, and it was a shorter summer, and the the season's started harder because it's going to be two games a week until... the World Cup in the middle of it. There are so many mitigating circumstances, which is also why, by the way, City are only five points ahead of us because they're going through the same shit. Though they, they haven't had as much change in terms I, of personnel or system as Liverpool. I'm have. convinced that if Diogo Jota's fit to start the season and or Darwin Nunes doesn't get sent off. I think we cover up a lot of these problems that we're supposed to be having because look at Man City, Haaland's just scoring goals for them. And that's 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 how they, that's how they're winning a lot of their football games. If we we have got Mo Salah, I think who's playing wider than he would normally do. He's getting he's being less the tip of the spear for what we do, and the guy we've bought to do that job got fucking suspended because he was an idiot. And the lad who we bought two years ago to do that job as well hasn't been available. So we've lost a twenty. We're missing a twenty goal a season striker from that side for the last three games prior to prior to the weekend. That. Honestly, you know, the fine margins of those football matches, if you score more goals, you win more games and people are less arsed about. People are not going, well, he wasn't running hard enough or he wasn't doing that. You've won a football match and people switch off to it. But when things are not going right, you see this in all walks of life, don't you, Saskia? When, when, you, when things aren't right, you, you look for answers. Yeah. And you'll and you'll and because you don't know the answer, you can speculate to the cows come home about what it'll be. And mm-hmm. because there's a negative vibe in general, it'll be a million things that are fucked as opposed to one or two little things that maybe just need a, an easy an easy fix. Yeah, and it's like you said about like having injuries as well. Like we've literally had so many injuries already. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we've not even got like our best like midfield field at the moment. Yeah. Like everything's just been a bit of a shambles. So give us our time no it's true yeah I think that again the injuries thing people are just 
people, I feel like people get bored of hearing the same answer. They want a new conversation. They want it to be mm, something else, they or they want it to be part of a bigger problem that's going to be it's unfixable because that gives you more reason to kick off and whinge and moan about Paul, stuff. Paul, how you had the conversation with Simon Brundish a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you prime players for two games a week in a pre-season when they only have forty-five minutes and sixty minutes? Yeah. Like it's impossible. Yeah. And when you start losing players at the end of that preseason, your players can't be primed. So you but then you're forced to play them in two games a week almost straight away and injuries happen to those lads. Jordan Henderson being a classic example, even though you're trying to sort of halt it by substituting him every game, it still doesn't work. So this is all a learning curve for the uh, the sports scientists, a learning curve for Jurgen and the team are pro- probably as we already mentioned dead on the feet from last season. Yeah. No, I completely yeah. agree on all that. I think it'd be I think it'll be fine. I've got a a general vibe and the more I've thought about it the more I've kind of looked at it I say it, it's the Liverpool's big issue is conceding the first goal yes that's the big problem at the moment yeah. like you know what I mean yeah. and I think I think I'm right in saying if you take away the Bournemouth game our goal difference is level in the others yeah. which is a which isn't good enough either is it you know yeah. we need to start scoring those goals it's obvious to say it but we've had the, we've had the opportunities we've had the chances but I said, but I said you're right but I said this Bobby Firmino I love him love him to death and he's been brilliant so far this season He's not a twenty to to thirty goal a season striker. Mm. He's not. So, but we're asking him to be because that's how we. That's what we need. I've said if you want to be a top four team, you need one twenty five, twenty to twenty five goal a season player in your team. If you want to be a cemented top four team, you need one and a half. And if you want to challenge for the title, you need two, uh, two and above to be able to really get up to those kind of to get up to those kind of numbers. Every time Liverpool have challenged the title, we've had two guys. You get around 20, 20 league goals. At the moment, we don't have that in the in the side at all. Diaz is still adapted. Salah's doing his bits, but he looks more of a creator this time around. And Bobby Firmino's been getting the getting the numbers, but he's not. Na- it's not natural to him. That chance where Salah plays the outside of the boot pass to him, and he and he gets a decent connection. He gets it on target. A predatory goal scorer just buries that mm. and wheels away, and that's. I, I'm convinced that's the difference. Uh, we'll have to look at it. And I, see I, that the it, the see conversations around Salah, uh, like I'm watching them all on Twitter at the moment about his positioning and stuff, and it did start last season. It wasn't this season, so everyone's a bit slower on the uptake. To be honest with you, anyway. Because um, when there's no problems, you don't analyse exactly, all the pieces, and it's yeah. exactly what you were talking about earlier, isn't it? But like for me, it's what what you do. You cut your nose off to spite your face here because the plan is to get him out wide and to get him to create more for Darwin Nunes to score thirty goals a season. So do you start that process early? Do you start it now, or do you just sack it off and go back to what we did last season, yeah. which? You know, we don't think, and we, then we, we bring in the lad, anyway. we bring Darwin Nunez in, who's not fully integrated in the team, he's not set up to play his his way, and he's got, he's got, you'll have no chance, absolutely no chance if that happens. Yeah, no, I, I agree on that. Um, Liverpool bought another player in um, in the the transfer window on loan. It was Artem Mello. Uh, we're going to chat about that in a minute. But I spoke to Andy Brassel on Expert Insight over on Redmen Plus to get a, a European football expert's view on Liverpool's new midfielder. You might remember the time that um, Barcelona beat Tottenham 4-2 at Wembley in the Champions League. Messi was the best player on the pitch and he was the second best player on the pitch. He was absolutely phenomenal in that game. And at that point, I think a lot of people all over Europe, all over the world, think Barcelona have got their Xavi replacement. You know, um, he's he's, he's got time on the ball. Um, He he can see everything. It's like he's got 360 vision. Um, He's got great variation of of passing. But since then, um, 
obviously what's happened to Barcelona has happened to Barcelona. Um, he didn't really step on from that, um, which was an issue. He had um, a few injury complications at both Barcelona and Juventus. Of course, he was part of that Miralem Pjanic swap that wasn't a swap, which might have been some creative accounting on the case of both clubs. Um, and he's, he's got a bit lost at, at Juventus in a midfield, which is much of a muchness. You know, lots of quality players who do pretty much the same thing, who've, who've got good passing and not a lot of pace. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, they've, they've lost patience with him. Um, a lot of people in Barcelona were a little bit concerned about um, the way he lived his life, if, if we're being honest as well. <laughs> um, he, he was maybe out a bit too much for his own good. Um, but I think a lot of people were looking for a reason why he didn't fulfil this potential because his potential was so enormous and it was so immediately um, beginning to be fulfilled when when he arrived there. So to me, it feels like a bit of a, It doesn't feel like a very Liverpool signing, mm -hmm. but it, it feels like one where they've taken a punt. Um, you expect little, but the upside is high yeah. if you get it right. 
if, if you think he's good, I'll say he's good then. So it's just one of those things. I just want to see how he plays. That was that. But I that's tried what... watching one of those compila- compilations. Is it? Is yeah. it to your musical taste? Right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I had to turn, right, it got muted within about 10 seconds because what is that background music? Also, so boring. I, I didn't think it was any, there was nothing special about it. Yeah. I couldn't see anything where I was like, mm, he's going to be great. I, I went through, and this is this was part of my roller coaster. I went through the exact same process. I remember him signing for Barcelona. I have not given him a second thought as a human being, as a footballer, or as anything since then. And I watched the compilation just to try and get a, a general vibe. And compilation reels, we've said this for years, they are meant to be like... Hype videos. Ha- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, God, we all do it. You don't put, you don't you, put photos... If you they don't hype you up, you've got to be concerned. Nobody puts photos of them looking at shit on Instagram. You know what I mean? That's not the mm. point. Yeah, all right. Um, but the um, nobody, do, nobody deliberately does that. And that's what they are, hype reels. They're meant to make you feel like how good a footballer is. And I watched it and I was like, oh God. And of course, the, and, and it is tainted by the horrific, horrific music that yeah, the, the soundtrack Was that your first, so that's your first experience of a YouTube oh, no. football compilation? No, 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 I've watched them before, but. But they I'm all just, got that music. It's just, the music's just awful, isn't it? Like, yeah. dread. It's like. It, but it's it's like it's like a like TikTok trends where something becomes popular so everyone has a go at it and by the time you get down the line it's like why 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 are people doing this you miss where the trend came from mm-hmm. somewhere at some point in the past somebody cut together a, a highlight reel of a footballer and went hardcore metal no <laughs> pop no trance. Yes, that will fit this vibe. I'll perfectly. tell you what the music reminds me of. You know, Alton Towers. Yeah. Oblivion. <laughs> you know when you hear that from Oblivion, right? It's literally that. Like that is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking. It's absolutely fucking horrendous, and it made me feel worse about Arthur as a player because it because it, it's like. The torture. I could watch my favorite TV show, but if someone was stabbing me in the side with a needle while I was doing it, Chris, it would it would make me enjoy the experience less. So maybe I maybe I was. I b- hope so. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad for you. Well, actually, I mean, for some people, it's not, and I'm sure we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll find out about those kind of people on it on it on podcast extra. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I I'm interested to see what he's like. If I'm if I'm perfectly honest, I, I, he's a bit of a. I've been told he can be quite. He's, he's got. Skills, he's got attributes that are similar to Thiago Alcantara. That is a that is great. I don't want to hear he's just a just a midfielder. I want someone to tell me that his the spider diagram of what what skill sets he has matches to a similar sort of shape to Thiago Alcantara. And that's what we needed as well. Yeah. I think it was the podcast last week when we were talking. I was saying I'm disappointed that the midfield options that we've been linked with have all been scattergun, they've been DM, they've been attacking mid, they've been box to box and all that type of stuff. Whereas what we've needed is someone who can back up Thiago Alcantara. Yeah. So to get someone in with the same sort of style of play as Thiago means that there was a thought out plan behind it rather than they just, oh, we literally are going to try and sign anybody. That's not what Liverpool needed. Liverpool needed somebody who can play in the same fashion as Thiago Alcantara you're not going to get someone on loan on deadline day who is as good as Thiago Alcantara so don't make no bones about that he's not going to be as good but if he can be an adequate replacement in times of need then he's going to be suitable for us and it it sure depends on how long it takes to get him in whether he will get in in time because Thiago will be back soon enough but Thiago's in training this week already so so, you know hopefully by the the weekend maybe Thiago's playing footy again 
you know, that would be the best case scenario for us. Isn't I it? think Art is just there to replace Nabby, to be honest, in the short term. Nabby, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry, they're cutting the grass outside. Good on it. Um, Every they, Tuesday. That's, Nabby, that's Nabby's agent coming to get me. Um, the, the, I don't know, Saskia, you've seen, there's been a lot of like rumours that he's unhappy, wants to move on. Mm. He's been constantly. Oh, oh, constantly, that's an exaggeration, that's the problem, is that I could say he's constantly injured and nobody would go. No, no, he hasn't. They would agree he's been constantly injured. He's not going to sign a new deal. He doesn't seem to be happy at Liverpool and he's mm. never fit when you need him. Um, it does look a little bit like with the Hendo injury as well, this is why they've kind of pushed the button and it, and it kind of makes sense. Naby Keita and Curtis Jones are there to back Thiago up. Curtis yeah. had his own problems and if Naby's going to be a problem of himself, then they kind of had to go and get something sorted. Yeah, I mean, the amount of people that I'm seeing that saying that Naby wants to go, you know, it's, we need someone there. We need someone that's going to do the job, especially if, like, Thiago's injured. Like, And he's not. He's going to get injured again because yeah. he, doesn't play, he doesn't play more than 30, 35 games a season, so they need to be careful with that. Exactly. Do you know what? I just think, I just want to see how he plays. And then I can make my decision on him because I'm not going to know until no, he's this like is the internet. He's make in a cast iron call on him now no, before. Yeah, no. stand by it. No. Even if he has a bad first game, you've got to stand by with shit forever. Yeah, I said because that's it. You can't change your mind. My uncle is There's that no do overs. Yeah. Fine, then I'll say fun. he's good. I'll say he'll be good. Good. There we go. You say shit. I'll say he'll toxic, be good. Toxic positivity. That yeah. God. Um, <laughs> did anyone see the Moises Casado stuff on deadline How day? Did you not? So I saw it all over Twitter. I don't really. Yeah. So basically, in like two hours before the deadline, um, he liked the post of Arthur joining he Liverpool. He followed a load of people. He right? followed a bunch of Liverpool players on Instagram, and um, there was rumours that Liverpool were going back for one more. It was like Indiana Jones going back for his hat before the uh, before the door slammed shut on him. Um, Utter frenzy, and I was sat here at nine o'clock at night, done with my videos for the night, thinking all safe and sound. I was like, "Can I go home?" Because I'm, I'm kind of done. And I was in that annoying position of like, I almost didn't want Liverpool to sign another player because it was going to undo my entire evening's work. You say almost, Paul, but you were absolutely there. Yeah, I was out the door. Um, there's, there's rumours, Chris, that Liverpool have got first refusal on him in January. I don't know how true that is, but it was it was a fun little um, like. You know, I just think he was taking the piss. To be yeah. honest with you, I think it's much funnier if you just think he was sat at home going, oh, "Fuck it, why not? I like all them things, and let's see what happens from it. Let's see and how many more followers I, I can get and, from and doing just that. how quickly the world will think that I'm now about to move to. I just think yeah. he was sat in his bills board watching deadline going this is shit let's spice it up a little touch yeah. and just like everybody and then that's it and then it went crazy for about 45 minutes to an hour and a half something like that and then he probably because he probably went to bed yeah. he probably yeah. followed everyone and went ah fuck it I'll, I'll see what I caused in the morning and yeah. then yeah nodded off and yeah. that didn't was he that. take his team at his bio or something apparently so as well yeah. yeah shits and giggles man he just had the funniest night I, I would love that as a social experiment to know how many followers he gained in two hours yeah to be fair be by socially linking himself to I need to unfollow him actually yeah because <laughs> I did follow him <laughs> so I need to unfollow him now yeah. see you did of course it did sucker of course it did yeah absolutely I love that how long did you sit here for not long I did say if I, I was on my way over I was like I can't I've done a video and it's out on my, my channel but it's like the basically talk about Liverpool's entire transfer business I did a 20 plus minute like diatribe on where I think we were at and like if Liverpool had signed another player 
the entire thing was completely and utterly, completely dead. I'd have had to re-record the whole fucking thing. And I would have happily done it, by the way, if Liverpool had signed another footballer. <laughs> I'm joking, um, partially. Um, but yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was a funny. I love that. I love the fact that he's. I love the idea that it's nothing to do with it, and he's just gone. Fucking this will be hell. His mate's gone. Do you dare me? Pass your phone. Pass your phone. Yeah. Do, do, do you dare me to like to, to like all these and see what yeah. happens? His PS5 fucking went into update mode and he just got bored <laughs> and went, ah, fuck it, pick but his phone up. Young, and... But it's only a young lad. You know, maybe he's not aware of how insane our fan base is. I mean, like, yeah. we'll track we'll track your playing, son. We will see. We, 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 we are, there's lads on pin tweet watch on LFC's official Twitter account. It's like the pin tweet goes. Yeah, and it went. We got weird about eight o'clock in the morning on deadline day that the pin tweet went. So yeah. we should have known something was coming. We did. We knew something was coming. Something big, something was brewing. You gotta watch out. Do you have a big do you have you do you have like twin t- pinned tweets there things, big events going on? We don't do it at all. We forget. We we look at I've, I've always got a pinned tweet if that's what you're asking. Yeah, but if do you yeah. do it for like if you're big if something if some big announcement's coming, do you have a No 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 the, the question is, right, you've got a pinned tweet. Do you do you change it straight away for another pinned tweet? Mine or do you take changes... one down for a few hours and oh, no, then I change put it straight away? would change it straight away well, what no? you need to do to send your followers into a frenzy is take it down and leave the gap where they're wondering what the fuck's next see I, I don't think that would work the same for mine but yeah it probably I don't know fair. I don't know you gotta try it. something big must be coming if you've taken it down you've taken the time out of your day to take a pin tweet off and then tweet then tweet no pin it's, tweet yeah it's the <laughs> act of a fucking sociopath who's got the you know, need to go and take a pin tweet down and leave it blank like what would you do I, I, I can't fathom why and it, it is it has to be for the hype yeah probably try that next time I, no I'd fully forget to put it back one back up I'd be like right take them one down cool yeah. go on with my day yeah 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 but yeah. well, honestly we do that I, I, I check the, like, how often do you check the profile page and I do it every now and again Redmen and go yeah that's about that's about three months out of date so well so great yeah no, yeah. I think mine's still anyway it's not important but Liverpool Liverpool got a strong social game so they were smashing it um, Wednesday Napoli um, we never win over there. Um, in fact, I did the, the, the trip not to spoil the trivia question, but I'll partially spoil it. But the last time we didn't lose there was 2010. I mean, that's only like three games ago. Um, the, the problem with this game, Chris, is you can you can go to Old Trafford and lose in any given season. You can go to the Goodison Park and draw in any given season, and you can go to Napoli and not win in any given season. But the problem is, because there's this overriding feeling of negativity and Liverpool haven't got a grip on the season yet, we're now left. It's another game where the feeling is Liverpool need to go and win. And actually, of all those games I've mentioned, this is actually the game that we least need to go and win. Maybe for the psychology, maybe for the boost, but your hardest group game away if Bill goes to Napoli and come away with a point as long as they win the games that follow it kind of kind of doesn't really matter yeah because you're hoping that you could be through by the time you play the big Anfield aren't you yeah. you know that's what you're looking for at the moment um, it's difficult isn't it because obviously it's a short gap as well from a, from a game 12.30 on Saturday big travel over to Italy and stuff and I think I've seen all the stuff with the fans and that. Like that's mental. Have you seen all this? Is it? I've so have it. Is it like Rome? Like in Rome, where they're asking people to meet up five hours before kickoff in a so one designated can, so area, so they can safely get you to the grounds. Like going five hours before the game somewhere. Like it's fucking horseshit. This I, I and mean, it goes back to it goes back to um, to Paris. But I saw someone tweeting this. I'm paraphrasing, but. If you if if you're requiring football fans to turn up to somewhere that's not the ground 
five hours before a game to guarantee their safety, then you shouldn't be playing football matches yeah. at that there. You shouldn't be they shouldn't be allowed to host football matches. It's it's fucking it's bananas, isn't it? Like, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. Either they shouldn't be allowed to host football matches or they shouldn't be allowed to have their own fans there. Yeah. And it should be played at a... Yeah, well, most likely, it should be played at a more neutral venue. Yeah. You know, if if that's what you're looking at, I mean, that's ridiculous that you can't provide safety for the people who are coming to the football I match. know, so, uh, there's so many tickets floating around for that game because nobody wants to go. Because, for, I mean, from a personal perspective... I'm just not interested. I haven't, I haven't gone through what happened in Paris. I'm not interested in going to a, to those that kind of environment and having to look over my shoulder and be worried for me for me safety going to watch a, a football game. It's fucking it's fucking pathetic. But, um, but on the footy side of things, Liverpool, I think Liverpool could get a boost out of getting a good result there. Yeah, like mm. and a, and a good result there doesn't necessarily mean a win, but it it can be one of them draws that feels like wins. You know what I mean? One of those like when you're losing one nil with five to go and you get a one all and you get a boost off the back of that because you've come back and you've saved the point type of thing. Obviously the win's preferable. You want to go and put put something together, but it's a competition. Last season we got eighteen points out of the six games. We won all six of them. Like it's a competition that we feel comfortable in. That we're still sort of treated as an equal, not as a better in. And I think Liverpool deal with that's still slightly better to be honest mm-hmm. because teams don't play us the same way they do in the Premier League where they just sit back and hope that we're not going to be able to get something like Napoli at home are going to play in front of their fans and try and do what they do which is to be fair it's pretty normally defensive footy anyway and it's normally quite good against us but if Liverpool can get something it could just kick start the next few weeks for no, us I agree. see I don't know how they play but I've heard they play pretty dirty yeah well yeah. It's, it, that's a t- well yeah absolutely and it will be <laughs> take the twinkle out of your eye when you said that um, the, um, the, the, yeah but, that, but I think that's a good opportunity for Liverpool to just say you know we're not going to go and play our brand of like own the ball expansive football we're actually going to sit back and park the bus squad what are you doing are you going to sit there for, for, for 90 minutes and not attack us no you are you're going to have no choice because your fans will get on your back go there and keep a clean sheet and see, and see what happens yeah. I want to know but we could have sorry mate we could have like three people who were you know big games for and Nunes obviously first game in the Champions League for us you got Diaz who's obviously had a little taster of the Champions League last season both both for Benfica and for us but also the likes of like Nunes. a Harvey sorry New- Benfica you know yeah. <laughs> Nunes Benfica Diaz Porto yeah, yeah. yeah sorry um, you got Carvalho and Elliot as well Carvalho could be involved in his first Champions League campaign Elliot obviously has yeah. only had a small taste of European football so this could be a big night for them to sort of showcase themselves to the, to the watching world no I agree yeah. I want to know I put this out as a tweet because it was exactly how I felt on Sunday night ask you I, I want to know if I'm in a bad mood because my life is fucked or it's all Liverpool's fault because they've been a bit shit. So I need Liverpool to just win some games of football. Your life's fucked. Yeah, well, I, well, I can deal with that. I don't, I don't want my life to be fucked, you know what I mean? But if Liverpool, if Liverpool get better and I still find myself in an existential funk, then I know there's elements of my life that I need to sort, yeah. but it's impossible to unpick because when Liverpool aren't winning, it's the, the the perpetual cloud of misery hangs over the head. I need Liverpool to win football games for my own happiness is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, 100%. Like, we all do, don't we though? I think at the moment, outside of football, there's so much going on anyway. We're all, no one's the happiest right now, are they? And then with how Liverpool have been at the start of season, mm. No, it's true. Yeah. You, go, you go through it, you go through the summer and stuff and you know that there's a cost of, um, 
living crisis coming and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And you think to yourself, it's all right, though, Liverpool will win the league. <laughs> and that'll sort me out and, you know, that'll make everything else better for me in some way. And it doesn't, of course. Well, but that was the thing about the derby, why it was a little bit, just undercut it a bit, because... Beating Bournemouth was great because it showed we know how to score goals. That was lovely. That was nice. Needed that. Beating Newcastle with the last kick of the game was just a moment of magic, and that was like great. Well, that you know, when you're getting those wins, they're the they're like the signposts on the way to great seasons when you win games of football like that. But then to not be able to do it against Everton as well, and it's I think they're the fine margins. That's that Pickford save from Salah toward the end. If that creeps in. Because we were in like Everton heartbreak territory there, and if you get that, all of a sudden you've got three, you've won three on the bounce. The mood is like we're unbeatable here, and we're still playing shit, but we're unbeatable. Whereas that's yeah, it's just again, my, I suppose I'm I'm preaching faith, but my own faith is like just 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 on the on the on the fringes there. I could really do with Liverpool just picking it up. Um, Right, speaking of pick-me-ups, um, we have got an absolute belter of a show to come immediately after this. We're going to do a podcast extra. Um, I'm sure that we've seen it in the comments. There's a number of people who've Googled Tasky Jade probably while we've been while we've been live. <laughs> you know, and whatever you found is whatever you found. I would just recommend, I would, I would just clarify, people shouldn't be, shouldn't necessarily Google you while they're in a public space or in... in yeah, in not where. in a public space. Um... Yeah, in work, depends what you do. If you're an MP, it's probably absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're behind a desk somewhere, who's mm. going to... Who's going to know? Who's going to know, but yeah, and also just make sure you're over 18, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like many of the things that we've, uh, we've come, we cover on this podcast, being 18 plus is very, yeah. very, very important. Um, so yeah, we're going to have a good old chat over on Podcast Extra. If you're unfamiliar with Podcast Extra, what we call it is the, is the extra uncensored unbroadcastable podcast by by normally by myself and Chris um it is the natural progression of the what was formerly known as the MXP podcast was me and Chris's podcast where we just chat biff and shit about life in general um we have good fun on there it's just that we don't want to put in public so there's a there's a we have like a common We've got a trust circle. There's a a circle of trust between us and the people who watch and consume that that podcast that we don't put that stuff in the public public space, which means we can talk about anything, uh, we can ask anything and we can answer anything. So if you want to get over there, we're going to be live on Redmen Plus in about 10, 15 minutes time, probably slightly less than that. So if you go over, you've got time to subscribe. You can scan the QR code if you're live on YouTube or after the fact, uh, that'll be there to watch or to listen to in your podcasting app as well. Uh, Yeah, we're going to be... um, finding out the ins and outs of what it's like to work for Babe Station. Yeah. Um, and answering some more of our viewers' more random questions, um, including would you rather have all of your Google searches or all of the photos on your phone made Oh, see, public? that's easy for Yeah, me, yeah, so. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. So we'll <laughs> see. Uh, but yeah, do come and join us over on redmenplus.com where we, we try to give you a full-rounded experience. You've got Andy Brassel, European football expert, talking about Artemello, and we've got Saskia J talking about Babe Station. You, you're literally not getting this broad content anywhere else um, in one place. Um, so yeah, head to redmenplus.com. <laughs> .com sign up and we hope to see you over there podcast will return next week of course and in the meantime let's hope Liverpool can put us all back on the right track with a good result against Napoli and then smash Wolves at the weekend yeah yeah I think so see you all soon thanks for listening if you want even more boss content and podcasts just like this go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now